0: Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to your weekly forecast for the week of September 16th through the 22nd. Uh, welcome to the transition from Virgo to Libra season, right? We've been seeing uh, a number of planets ingressing or, or changing signs into the uh, the abode of Venus or the um, the sign of the scales where we're weighing and measuring and kind of you know, taking stock of the harvest that we've been able to put in the hard work to to uh, put away for the winter, and now we're seeing what uh, what the value of those things are. Um, maybe enjoying a little bit of uh, our work uh, and the, the spoils of the uh, of the harvest. Um, yeah, we've got some astrology to get to as well. We've got a, a pretty big um, change with Saturn. Uh, Saturn is going to be stationing direct this week, hallelujah. Uh, Some of the plans and hard work that we've been doing in the review of the Saturnian part of our life right now that we've been doing for the course of the summer, uh, we may be able to start putting some of that into action and seeing a a, a new ability to build within that area of our life. So we'll explore that a little bit today. Um, We've got a Mars trine to Pluto on the 19th. Um, and we're going to be working through uh, a disseminating moon phase and a last quarter moon as we come off the the full moon that we experienced uh, over the weekend. Um, of course, we had that Virgo Pisces opposition, where we were trying to fit the details into the grander vision of what we've been, uh, you know, dreaming about for the last few weeks or months or, or however long we've been kind of putting these things into practice. So this is a a week of of transition. Um, We're seeing a little bit of air uh, element coming into the picture. Um, We're getting really out of this earth kind of element and and adding some mental faculties to the equation, some ability to think a little bit more rationally and to take other people's perspective into account. Um, We we are going to have a couple squares this week that are worth mentioning too, though. We're going to have a Mercury um, Saturn square that may necessitate us renegotiating the deal or the plan or something like that, uh, or maybe bringing some friction into the communications we have over how, how we're, uh, implementing our grander, um, I don't know how we're building the structures of our lives and and in those particular areas, uh, Jupiter square Neptune this week too. Pretty, pretty interesting aspect there. Um, A lot of grand idealism that may be coming into play yet again. Um, We experienced this particular square back in January, so we may see some echoing of those themes as well. Um, And we'll talk about the Three of Pentacles today. So uh, let's get to our Essential Dignity Report. Uh, First, before I get to that, if you are enjoying these videos, check the links below. Um, There's a Venmo Account at Spencer Michelle and uh, PayPal me if you're interested in supporting the creation of more videos and more forecasts. Um, I very much appreciate all your help with all that. Um, A few links to my blog too if you're interested in checking out some of the other things that I have going on. Um, There's only one week until my my class starts where we're going to be doing some role playing uh, and understanding how the the planets work and relationships with one another through some you know kind of astro drama through playing out the the planetary, uh, oh, I don't know, the scripts that we're seeing within the chart. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's called Domiciles and Deities. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. So hopefully, if you're interested, pull the trigger and push the go button. I'd love to have you. Um, okay, back to the dignities here. So this week, we have the sun moving through the third decan of Virgo, and the sun is still have still has a condition called peregrine this week um which means it doesn't really have any essential dignity this was a challenging position for for a planet to be in because it didn't have any really resources it didn't have access to like the wind in its sails it was kind of just floating around and wandering and uh, in the ancient world that was not a, a good place to be you didn't have the support of your kin or of your community or anything like that um the other difficult part about the sun and excuse me, the final degrees of Virgo this this week is it is every time we have a planet that is in the um, final degrees of a sign, uh, they are operating under the terms or within the bounds of a malefic planet, either Saturn or Mars. And that can be a little bit challenging. Uh, when Mars or Saturn sets the terms, they're expecting uh, some some challenging circumstances (laughs) like they can create high expectations uh they can put blockages in our paths they can uh you know our interactions tend to be either a little bit more fiery or confrontational with mars or perhaps a little bit excessively cold or strict when we're in the bounds of of saturn um so with when we're seeing these final degrees of, of virgo uh, we're going to be working within the bounds of a malefic, so that may be a little, it may be a little bit more challenging to assert our authority and our our commanding ability to be to take leadership within situations. Um, that's going to be something that uh, is not as uh, functional uh, or harmonious as it may be otherwise if they were in a different bound or turn. The good news is is that we have a bunch of other planets that are in much better shape than the sun this week. Uh, of course, we've been talking about Jupiter, which, which is still in its own domicile uh, of Sagittarius, um, the home of the Archer, the temple of a mutable fire sign. Um, it also has triplicity, which was the of the kind of the a supportive element where it's, it's elementally based but it's very supportive it's kind of like you have some extra an extra boost of either your community or the wind in your sails if we're using those ship metaphors and there is a, a ruler for either the daytime or the nighttime with triplicity and also there's one called the cooperating ruler which we've talked about a little bit in videos past which is a lot of it is used for house topics and, and things of that nature and timing techniques um, but jupiter is the nocturnal triplicity ruler Of the fire sign so has a little bit of extra dignity in the evening Um, Saturn is going to be in its own domicile of Capricorn still and slowing down and stationing direct so we're going to be seeing this this is a a condition of uh, Fossus where it's a it's a very important point in the cycle where the omen is maybe speaking a little bit louder than it might, uh, might otherwise. We're gonna see this as we see mercury uh, escaping the beams too and becoming visible. That's another condition that's really important to pay attention to because some of our mercurial things are gonna start to become more visible out in the, in the world. Uh, that happens next week, so we'll talk about that in our video next week. But get prepared for that. This is the kind of the final week that Mercury is going to be under the beams where we're kind of doing more things behind the scenes. And then those things, those projects that we've been working on are going to have kind of a flowering or a kind of a, a coming out party uh, in, the, in the week after that. Um, so t- time to cross the T's and dot the I's when it comes to Mercury things. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, speaking of Mercury. Mercury is now in Libra, uh, the first decan of Libra, um, and it is in its own bound as of the 18th, between 6 degrees and 14 degrees of Libra. It has uh, rulership by its own terms, so it's setting its own curriculum. And some of the etiquette that Mercury expects is is communication, um, being able to be skillful in the way that we express ourselves, um, perhaps like a little bit of diversity or splitting of attention in a lot of different ways or different directions. Uh, Mercury also is the trip nocturnal triplicity ruler of the air signs. So it has a little bit of dignity, but it's, it it lost a little bit of its um, power from, from Virgo season with Mercury. Uh, That was a very strong Mercury that we had when it was in, in Virgo. It had domicile exaltation. And then I think it also had, uh, Another dignity. What other dignity did we have here? Um, well, the third decan also was ruled by Mercury. So many dignities. How do we keep them all straight? Well, with the essential dignity report. Uh, okay, so moving along. Uh, the one planet that did gain a lot of dignity over the last week was was our Our Lady Venus, and she moved out of her fall which was a, a debilitated position for her where she was not able to, to be at her best or do Venusian things uh, as effectively as she is able to now that she is in one of her temples, her, her diurnal temple of Libra. So with this Libra Venus, um, we're able to harmonize more. We're able to see other people's perspectives. We're able to have the, the grace and the niceties and the manners and the communication necessary to create harmony and to see things from someone else's perspective. And this is something that we're going to talk about a lot during Libra season is the ability to balance out our own needs with the needs of others. Because sometimes we get a, lot of, a little off balance. Um, some of you may have been really focusing on your own projects over Virgo season, and maybe now it's time to come up for air and see how that's fitting in with the, the relationships that you are holding in your life. Some of you may be really focused on someone else and maybe the balancing factor for you is taking a little bit more of your own needs into account. I know as a a parent, sometimes we can get very focused on what our kids are doing. Um, I'm guilty of that sometimes. Uh, uh, Swimming has been one of the things that has been really a focal point, um, which I enjoy a lot. But uh, I think that as a parent, you want to be able to support your kids' endeavors, but also you have to kind of take care of business as well. Mars is going to be in its own bound as of Saturday the 21st. So between 21 and 28 degrees of Virgo, Mars is setting its own terms. Um, It also is the cooperating triplicity ruler uh, of the Earth signs. Um, And then, you know, this Mars, it's not a super dignified Mars, um, but it, it should be able to kind of work within its own parameters of wanting to take action um, of wanting to um, cut and sever things, maybe into part- different categories. When it's in Virgo, since it's a mer- Mercury ruled sign, there's a lot of separating into okay, well, let's figure out where this goes, and everything has a place. And you know, this is going to stay. This needs to be removed, uh, and figuring out how all those pieces are going to be, you know, put into their own little containers, so to speak. So that's something that might be supported as we move through the week. The moon is going to have some some dinghy this week. This is, this is kind of a nice lunar week as we move out of the the a little bit of the challenges of the full moon. When when the moon is full, it has a it, there's a little bit of a frenetic quality to it depending on the signs that we're in. Um, I know for me personally I had a little bit of a uh, a lack of energy as the moon moved through Pisces. I I had a kind of a peak energy through that was building throughout the week. And then as it hit that Pisces phase, it was just like, oh, it was a crash, you know. And we talked about the moon being under the bond um, and sort of like, you know, held, in this, like, held captive by the beams of the sun. So that's, that's a challenging position. Um, so hopefully you are able at this full moon to figure out how all the details that you've been working through will fit into the grand scheme of what you're doing. And you hopefully you've, you've eliminated the things that are kind of extraneous that aren't actually moving the the mission forward. Uh, I had an experience like this too. I had a I've been working on my my class, um, which has gone through many phases of becoming compli- very complicated and then simplified again and then more complicated and <laughs> it's like this. Uh, a lot of times when you're designing something like a game. Um, There's always new ideas that come up, and sometimes you can get overwhelmed by the scope of those things. And I had a nice conversation with a friend who uh, owns a game company, and his advice was simplify, 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 and it was really good advice. And it helped me get back to the core essence of what I'm trying to do with that class, which is to teach astrology. So when you get away from the core essence of what you're trying to do through an overabundance of details, that's when you're getting pulled off track. And I think that was one of the themes of this full moon in retrospect is how do we uh, you know, prevent ourselves from getting pulled off of the track of the, the really the, the greater vision that we're trying to achieve. And hopefully all of you have been able to do that too and say, okay, I, I'm refocusing on what, what, are we really, what is the goal here? Because when you really get back in touch with the, the overarching theme, Of what you're trying to do it's much easier to figure out what stays and what goes because a lot of times we get we get this kind of our nose to the grindstone of designing things with our projects and and it's it's important to come up for air Um, and I think that that's what we're seeing through the end of Virgo season here is maybe we've gotten over the hump a little bit with this uh, lunar and solar cycle right with the full moon we've gotten a peak a peak experience we've gotten feedback from our environment and now we're able to, to utilize that and implement it in, in the world. That's really what the disseminating phase is all about with the moon. And we'll talk about that. But at, at the disseminating phase is all about what did you learn at the full moon? And how are you going to share that and communicate that to others? Disseminating means to like give out, right? It's, so it's about, it's about sharing something that you've learned. So that's going to be, that phase is going to begin on Tuesday. Um, as far as the moon dignities go, the, the moon is going to be moving through Taurus this week, a really productive moon. I really like the moon uh, this week. We've got an exalted moon, um, which it's very honored. It's very, it's able to carry out its nurturing qualities and its kind of growth oriented things um, very easily this week at the beginning of the week. Uh, it's it has its own, tr- it's in its own triplicity. Um, in it's the nocturnal triplicity ruler of the earth signs. It's also the uh, has dignity by face or decan in the second decan of Taurus. So uh, really good moon. Um, yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you, uh, I have this moon placement. I have the moon at 15 degrees Taurus. And uh, that's been a, the, the the nurturing lunar type of things do come very naturally to me. I mean, every once in a while I'll get a little, oh, I don't know, I don't know, clinging with my Cancerian nature and maybe over-nurturing. over, over nurturing. Um, But it never felt, uh, you know, ner- taking care of things and people and animals and pets and children and pretty much everybody uh, is something that is just, a it just flows. And I think that 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 we are all going to f- experience that as a collective uh, this week in particular um, The moon will move into Gemini in the end of the week and then subsequently into cancer The moon doesn't have any real dignity in Gemini uh, But it does have it is in its own domicile in cancer and also the cooperating triplicity ruler of the water signs So pretty good pretty good moon week um, All right, so that's your dignity report pretty nice Venus pretty nice moon uh, halfway decent Mercury, uh, very positive Jupiter, and Saturn is starting to be more effective uh, in its own home science stationing direct. Now, here's the thing about Saturn and its stationing direct. It may take a little while uh, for the wheels to get get turning, okay? We're seeing what we really have to implement now, um, but there's that inertia that we have to get over when the planet is stationing, and then moving direct. There may be a, a point in the week where you'd feel kind of stuck, but there may be eventually that, that feeling is gonna to lead to a breakthrough. Okay, so let's get into the little, let's start looking at our chart here. Sharing the chart of the week. Boo, 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 boo. There it is, there it is. Okay, so that's Monday morning. Um, you could see, let's just take a look at where everything is. Okay, Venus and and uh, Mercury here in Libra, right? Sitting at the table, uh, Mercury is sitting at the table with its host Venus, which is very nice. This might be leading to some uh, ability to communicate in a very harmonious way, in a very balanced way. We may have a lot of ideas on how to beautify our environments, our homes, our relationships. Uh, this is giving a boost to relationships and things like that. Uh, our ability, like I said, to to really see someone else's perspective is enhanced with this Uh, the only issue really that we're starting to see with these libra placements is we've got this square to saturn and pluto and the south node with all the capricorn placements okay so what are we going to do with all the squares well we're going to have to negotiate. I think this is really the the key with this uh, these ingresses into Libra is our ability to negotiate. I think is enhanced, uh, but we may be starting to experience um, some roadblocks with those negotiations when they start hitting all the the Saturnian Pluto placements. Um, sometimes there's a, a blueprint, and this is something we're going to talk about with. Uh, the second decade of capricorn there 's a plan that people get attached to, and sometimes it can be very difficult to move off of the the design and the, These are the the discussions uh, and arguments that happen when you have a group of people trying to work together for a common purpose, and everybody has their their vision of how something should work out and there can be some challenges when those visions don't exactly line up as human beings. We all have um, different desires and goals and mindsets and experiences that we're drawing from. And that's where we're going to run into the challenges. And I think your, your mission this week is to see how gracefully you can navigate all of those uh, different personalities um, with, because all this Libra stuff is really enhancing uh, the sociability and the, the, the need, to be active and take initiative with with reaching out and being a little bit more uh, communicative okay so if i go through my things here we're going to see the beginning of the day on monday we've got a square with the moon to pluto okay from aries this time so this is a big like if we, we talked about the square from libra to capricorn but We've got another square here, and this is making a t. This is a t square. Okay. This is a cardinal t square. Um <laughs> yeah, that's when all the, the we're feeling pulled in all these different directions. It's very different than the mutable t square where we're really being asked to be flexible. Uh at this point we've got you know people taking, you know, taking action. And initiating things in a lot of different areas of our life, and we've got to figure out you know how we're going to to navigate uh, this impulse to 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 really take action rather than that impulse to make adjustments so that's kind of the the sort of shift that we're experiencing with all the movement into cardinal signs here versus the mutable energy that we're experiencing. okay uh, as we move into Tuesday. That's when we begin our disseminating phase. And let me see, I'll move us a day forward here. And the moon is gonna be moving into Taurus very early in the day. Um, But you can see that the distance eventually here uh, is between 135 degrees and 90 degrees behind the sun. Okay, so as the moon moves forward through Taurus, we're going to start to see uh, an ability of this moon to start disseminating all the ideas that it was experiencing at the uh, at the full moon, or the the lessons it learned, so to speak. And this is an interesting day because we're going to see this conjunction between the moon and Uranus. So this is triggering again that uh, our, that ability to be innovative with our resources. Uh, the the grander scale changes that we're trying to make, the breakdown of our old structures. And really, Uranus is asking us to be uh, unconventional with the way that we're dealing with our resources. Okay. Um, the cool thing about this is that now that Venus is in Libra, that actually has a positive effect on Uranus. Why, may you ask? Well, because now Venus is, in, is providing for Uranus from her home sign. Now, when she was in Virgo, she was trining Uranus, so there was a positive conversation, but she herself was in sort of bad shape. Okay, She had a little bit of dignity by triplicity, but in, in general, she was kind of at her, her weakest in, in her fall. Okay Now, when she's at her strongest in Libra, she has things to, to provide for Uranus. Now one condition that we have here, though, is there is this thing called aversion, where when a sign is in a blind spot on either side of either a conjunction or an opposition. So these are where we have the aversions right here from Libra. You can see there's no whole sign aspect with these four houses okay and generally that could be a problem but there is a mitigating factor when a, a planet is in a sign that is ruled by it's a similar host that's said to be sort of a secret way that they can get kind of a uh, an ability for the host to provide for it i'm not exactly sure what that is called i know that the one of the words that i think of with that is like ingirding which means that you have a, a planet um, ruling two different houses, um, that may be the, the term that I'm looking for when we're seeing a host being able to provide for its other sign that it rules for. Um, so that's something to keep in mind, that we, we are going to be seeing the, the Venus area of our chart, the Libra area of our chart, supporting that, those Uranian changes also. Um so look for that in your life. That's uh, you know, let me know how you experienced that. Um I'd love to hear your stories in the comments too. Like say you were in Libra season, let's it's it's more about you now. (laughs) It's about me staring into my navel in these uh, videos and you know, hopefully you're getting benefit from these, but every once in a while it's it's strange making these like as a solo uh solo artist here because you're kinda talking to yourself for an hour and change and um, you don't experience that because you feel like I may be talking to you, uh, but when you're making them, it's a you know, strange experience. So, um, yeah, give me some feedback in the comments so I know what, uh, what all you all are feeling with all of this, these placements and whatnot. Okay, so that's Tuesday, uh, an exalted moon in the sign of Venus, conjoining Uranus, and... It also has triplicity in the evening. So a good a fertile time to, uh, to do kind of lunar, lunar stuff in a very innovative way. So be on the lookout for that. All right, as we move into Wednesday, as we move into Wednesday, we have the additional dignity with the moon of being in its own face. Okay, between 10 and 20 degrees of Taurus, the moon is in the Deccan or face of its own Deccan or face, and it adds a little superpower, right? Um, a little story I'll tell you about asking Austin Kopic in person about uh, this placement because he he did a really wonderful lecture at UAC about little superpowers that you have when a planet is own in its own decan, and I was like, hey, tell me a little bit more about the moon in its own decan and Taurus, and he gave he gave me a little really interesting story about uh it being like uh, a very <laughs> i'm laughing because it's a little embarrassing um but it was a a very slow passionate kind of love making type of experience right and that wasn't the word that that he used in person <laughs> but that this is a family show um, but it's kind of like the ability to like to woo in a very slow undulating passionate way where you're being able to attract things and you have a a, a stamina and a, a an ability to maybe uh you know be very uh consistent with your with your growth orientated mindset uh, I, the way that this works i think like in my life i have this in the the 10th house Uh, When I commit to doing something in my career and things like that, uh, if I'm feeling passionate about it and I'm very involved in it and I'm feeling creative with it, I just, I want to do it all the time, right? I want to just keep going and keep going and and trying to become consistency. It's the long haul. Like with these videos, it's like, okay, I have to make one every single week and, and, and. That's how you build a career when you have a Taurus midheaven, and especially when the moon's there, you're building through just being consistently fertile, okay? Um, So that may be something that is supported in your life, too, in that Taurus-ruled area of your life, is how can you create uh, the fertile ground underneath your feet and sow the seeds within that ground so that whatever you're working on can, can flourish, and how do you nurture it? Are you watering the, the ideas in your life properly? Are you reaching out for the help that you need? Are you building the support system that could, could assist you? Uh, are you getting rid of the weeds? Are you pulling the weeds? It's all about, I love the gardening metaphor with moon and Taurus. I mean, and we see that with the, the Taurus cards too, uh, with especially the third decan of Taurus where someone is, you know, looking at the harvest or the, the growth that they've experienced and pondering uh, their work okay all right so the big thing of the day really on wednesday besides that very nice moon uh, and we're going to see a trine between the moon and oh look at this a newly direct saturn on my program here if you can't see it uh, the numbers turn red when they're retrograde but they're turn black when they're direct so we are seeing a direct motion of saturn and an interesting way that you can kind of you know eyeball this is in the synodic cycle of the outer planets generally we see planets go retrograde and direct at the trines okay so right see we see it uh, the Sun in Virgo and an earth sign making a trine to Saturn in Capricorn another earth sign and then we're seeing the direct motion okay so pretty interesting little thing, little little trick. It doesn't it doesn't always happen exactly like when it's trying or things like that, but generally you can kind of you know get an idea that if a planet, an outer planet, is making a trine to the sun, um, it's probably gonna do something uh interesting pretty soon. Okay. <laughs> like go direct or go retrograde. Uh so let's talk about that Saturn direct. And I'm gonna show you our card of the day, or of the week, which is the Three of Pentacles. And I'll stop my share for a minute. Okay. So you can see here, with the Three of Pentacles, we have three figures in a very ornate castle or church or somewhere where there's a a very fancy design on the wall. And it looks like they are discussing their plans and we've got one person who is the uh, the craftsman, and then we've, we've got two other figures that are kind of giving them directions and are like trying to figure out what they're gonna do next. And this uh, card is called Material Works, or just works in the Book T, in the Book of Toth. Um, Austin Topic calls it the pyramid because there is something very tangible about what we're trying to build. Uh, the blueprint, I like the word blueprint for this one. Uh, this is something that I was reading about as well in in thirty six faces is you know this is about kind of taking action on on the plan. It's a Mars ruled Deccan uh, according to the the descending order or the Chaldean order there of the planets. and it is uh, seeing the plan come together after much reflection, okay? So I think that what we're seeing with Saturn this week in particular, we've been reviewing the plan. We've been reviewing the big changes that we want to make. We've been letting go of a lot of stuff and saying, what needs to stay and what needs to go? And now we may be starting to see finally an implementation of the bigger picture plan. Now, this can be different for all of us, depending on whether we have a day chart or a night chart if you have a day chart these changes this plan may be experienced slightly more positively if you have a night chart saturn is the malefic out of sect and it can be experienced with a little bit more hardship it may not be as fun saturn isn't always uh i don't know if saturn's ever fun i don't think that's like how saturn rolls but sometimes we can, like, Saturn up, right? And, uh, you know, eventually when we look back on it, we can be like, oh, well, I, I learned a lot from that. And maybe this was a, a a maturation process, but you know what? At the end of the day, life is functioning a lot better since I matured in that area of my life. Um, so look at your chart. Is the sun above or below the horizon when you were born? And that can help you determine whether you are going to experience Saturn. Very positively or or could be more negatively as well, and these the same is true for Mars if you're born during the day, Mars is maybe a little bit more challenging for you if you're born in the evening, uh, Mars may be experienced a little bit more positively it may be a little bit easier for you to utilize that martial energy of taking action of uh, you know being able to be protective of of those that you love or or things that you believe in um, you may be uh, able to let go of things a little bit easier in your life um, and you may be dealing with your 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 anger a little bit healthier too depending on what side it's into. This is the thing about making broad sweeping generalizations that we sort of have to do in a, in a collective horoscope is there's always going to be some sort of different factor in your particular chart. That's why I recommend getting a reading with a professional astrologer. Hey, I happen to be one of those. So if you want to know how this these planets are functioning in uh, your own chart, reach out and uh, set up a reading. Okay, end sales pitch. So on Wednesday, Saturn's going to be stationing direct at 13 degrees of Capricorn. And if you have anything near 13 degrees of Capricorn, you know, pay attention because that, that, that planet or that position in your chart is going to be triggered. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little nervous about this, uh, because I've had some real challenges with Saturn opposing my son. My son is at 15 degrees cancer. And every time the sun has gone and made an exact opposition to my son, something crazy's happened with, uh, with my mom. Um, my mom got real sick this year and had, a uh, had a stroke earlier in the year and she's been dealing with the aftermath of that. And um, at the first opposition of Saturn, she had her stroke. At the second retrograde opposition, she fell and broke her hip. Uh, so <laughs> I'm kind of like, okay, what else you got for me, Saturn? <laughs> um, be gentle, please. <laughs> but, uh, you know, this is what the gift of astrology is, though. If you know in advance that you've got something coming up like that, I would not recommend fear. Um, it's very easy to get anxiety about it. I think that this is where you tap into all your um, abilities to meditate on how to keep yourself centered, how to keep yourself as objective as possible, and when you can witness this the turning of the wheel from your center. And if you can do that and you realize that there's going to be ups and downs, um, that's that can really release a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear. So I would really encourage you and future me to not have anxiety as we move forward into you know the next phase of Saturn. Because really, we're moving towards the Saturn Pluto conjunction to the beginning of January next year, and that's there's some intense there's some intense astrology coming coming down the pike here. And you know, we've been experiencing it for the last little while, but um, it's not over yet, okay? Uh, but like I said, there's always gonna be challenging astrology in the world. There's always gonna be challenges in your life. And really what it boils down to is how gracefully are you gonna navigate them? How are you gonna use the skills that you've learned to keep yourself on track? Uh, Are you going to reach out to your support system? Are you going to use your daily um, supportive practices like meditation, eating healthy, exercise, um, journaling? Are you going to uh, humble yourself and ask for help if you need it? And those are all the things that that will assist you in getting through the difficult times because it's part of being human. All right. The interesting thing about that day, Wednesday is we are going to be experiencing a grand earth trine. Let's look at our, um, our thing again here. So we've got, yeah, look at this. So we've got the moon, Saturn, Pluto, and the sun and Mars all in this grand earth trine. Okay. Which means that they are all making contacts with one another. See that? And that is, Generally, very harmonious. Now, sometimes it can be too easy. So be careful of that. Like sometimes when we don't have, you know, any friction, that can, we're not, the the wheels aren't being greased as much and we can kind of be spinning our wheels. I think there's plenty of friction here though uh, with these planets and Libra squaring Capricorn. So that'll, that'll be the grease in the wheels, I think, this week. Okay. But that might be a nice thing where there's three, Elements in your life that are all working together, or three areas of your life that are very positively, like you know, coming together where you see the, the fruition of a plan. Um, so, keep your eye out for that. Uh, la 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 la. Moving on to Thursday, the 19th. Thursday, the 19th, the moon moves into Gemini, losing its dignity from Taurus. Uh, continuing its disseminating phase and getting set up to move into its last quarter phase in the end of the week. Um, I think this is going to be a busy week where, where all of you are kind of, you know, seeing what you've been working on over the course of September and late August and the summer and just starting to share that with people. I know, you know, personally, I'm going to be really starting to get into all of my I teach many classes. I teach music classes as well. All my fall classes are beginning. I'm going to be sharing the things I've been studying. Um, I'm going to be sharing my domicile and deities class. All of it's kind of like a, all right, now it's time to give it out to the world. You've you've worked on it enough. It's time for you to get down to business and, and kind of let people see what you've been doing. Okay, so try not to get too anxious about all the the you know getting it perfect. Uh, sometimes you can make those adjustments as you go. So that's that's a, another good advice I've been given by very wise people in my life is sometimes you just have to have the energy to start and then you'll get the feedback from from the the people that you're you're trying to be in service of and if you are open to that feedback you can make the adjustments that you need to make a lot easier. Okay, on Thursday. On Thursday this moon is going to be trining the sun. Now here's an interesting little thing here though. I was like, oh, that's nice. Moon trine sun. But an interesting thing is that the moon at about 26 degrees of Taurus is on a fixed star called Algol. Algol. Oh, Algol. Algol is the fixed star associated with Medusa. Uh, and the Gorgon lost her head, of course, in, the, in her battle with uh, Perseus. And um, it's a pretty malefic fixed star. Uh, Algol doesn't mess around. Algol is something that uh, was considered to be very violent um, it's associated with losing one's head, like Medusa did. Uh, if you are into astrological magic, sometimes some people use it for very strong protective stuff. But you know, <laughs> buy or beware with that, because algol is not not something to mess with if you don't know what you're doing. Um, I will say too, uh, just an example of algol and how this fixed star works. Uh, going back to my story, um, when my mother had her stroke in the beginning of the year, uh, her progressed moon, uh, which is when a progressed chart let me explain a progressed chart real quick, is it moves a chart moves one day for every year of your life. So there's like this kind of time shift that's happening. So for example, at my mom was 60. So the, the, the progress chart was 60 days. It was the chart of the sky 60 days after she was born. Okay? And 60 days after she was born, her progressed moon was at 26 degrees of Taurus, which is Algol, <laughs> right on Algol. That's when she had her stroke. And uh, it was very literal, the, um, the imagery. When, when she was first in the hospital, there were wires all attached to her head. She had literally had Medusa snakes coming out of, out of her head, and she lost her head, so to speak, with, you know, and had to learn how to do everything again with her brain and things like that. So that's the kind of thing that you can experience when um, algal is prominently placed in a chart. Um, so be careful with that energy. Uh, on a very more mundane level, uh, we can sometimes get a little bit irrational. Um, we may lash out a little bit if we're having a, an algal transit, um, and we may just do things in a way that we uh, don't normally do them. Um, that that aren't very that may not be very productive. So be careful uh, as the moon makes that try into the sun. Um, that's my little fixed star warning of the week okay in addition to that algol thing (laughs) I, i i was looking at this and thursday is a little bit of a funky day um they are trines but the other trine that we have going on here is this we have mars at 20 degrees of virgo trining retrograde pluto at 20 degrees of Capricorn. Now, thank God they're trines because um, the communication may be slightly more positive. But holy cow, those two things happening, you know, within an hour of one another or an hour and a half or so, um, maybe maybe related. Um, when we have Mars, Pluto, con, you know, contacts, uh, that can be rough. There's There's power dynamics that come up with that. There is aggressive tendencies and, and violence that could happen. Mars is, of course, the severing, separating action. Pluto is the volcanic intensity of the underworld. And when those two, two things come together, um, it can be very volatile. So just it, it, watch your temper on Thursday, even, even with the trine, any of those you know, types of things can be triggering. Um, there's a possibility for overreacting to something. And I think that uh, the, the flip side of that is this. You might find yourself, and look at this. This is like the grand, a grand trine on Algol here almost. Um, the flip side is you may have a, 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 an endurance that you uh, may have not experienced in the past. Um, you may be able to work harder than you've been able to work during this type of transit and where you get this freight train type of energy where nothing is going to stop you in the attainment of your goal, um, so there is there could be some positive manifestations with this for sure. I would just caution you to just you know use your good uh, Venus in Libra qualities and have balance, and try not to get you know too um, attached to your own specific way of doing something and to the structure involved, and see what happens. That's going to be Thursday around uh, around noontime or so. That trying between Mars and Pluto. Um, I've seen this in, in client charts too with Mars Pluto contacts. There's always kind of some either something secretive that comes out. There's sometimes there's clients that come from abusive home backgrounds that have very prominent Mars Pluto uh, aspects. Uh, it can it can be a little bit of uh, rough sledding with that one. So just uh, you know practice, like I said, practice again, all of your good, um, calming techniques and things like that. Try not to get too overwhelmed with your way of doing something, right? With Mars and Virgo here, uh, y'all are going to be experts on my chart after watching these videos for a little while, but I have Mars in the third deck in Virgo. And, uh, you know, I really have to watch myself when, uh, there's a procedural thing going on. I get really bent out of shape. If something isn't done to uh, a standard that I've set, I get a little bit, um, a little riled up about the details. So I know that that's a flaw that like, and this is the thing, this is the great thing about astrology. If you know that that's something that you have to work on um, in the moment, hopefully you can give yourself a little objective distance and, and maybe work a little harder to mitigate those character flaws. All right, Friday. Friday the 20th. Let's go forward here. Can you tell the moon is in Pisces as I'm recording this? There are no boundaries. (laughs) This is like, here, let's dump all of our our woes and cares and worries out onto the table uh, to be naked for everyone to see. Oh well, it was going to happen eventually, right? With these, if we kept up doing this, we were going to get a Pisces Moon recording. Um, anyway, Friday, September the twentieth, the Moon is going to be making a trine to Venus. There we go. Moon trine Venus. That's a nice aspect. That may be helping uh, some of your ability to think rationally, to come up with communicative ideas. Uh, there may be some really, um, you know, positive forward movement in the aesthetics that you're working through. And it, this is a nice aspect for being able to figure out how the the small details fit in with the, the, the balanced picture that you're trying to create with that Venus and Libra. Um, towards the end of the day, we're also gonna see a trine with Mercury. Uh, So, really, we're going to, you know, Friday, after some of the maybe more earthy trines of power dynamics, we may have a little bit of a we're coming up for air again type of thing, right? The heaviness of those trines are going to be alleviated a little bit by the moon passing through air signs. Um, So, that's something to watch out for as we move into Friday. And, of course, Friday is Venus's day, Um, Freya's day, right? Uh, Friday. Um, Freya-associated, like kind of the Norse equivalent, I guess, of of Venus. Um, So keep an eye out for a a nice, I think this is a nice Friday. This is a nice Friday for getting together with friends, maybe doing something social. I think you may feel a little bit more social on this particular Friday than you have in the last few weeks. Um, This will be, I think, the first Friday that we'll have with Venus in domicile. So uh, yeah, go out, enjoy yourself, and network. This is a good networking day, uh, Friday the 20th. On Saturday the 21st, uh, the moon is in Gemini, but what we're going to be experiencing then as we move forward in the day is the square, the perfecting of the square between the moon and the sun. And when the, the square perfects at 90 degrees, We call that a last quarter moon, last quarter, okay? And the last quarter moon is a point in the lunar cycle where we start to reevaluate everything that we've learned. We may turn away from the process that we initiated at the last new moon, at the Virgo new moon, and we start to get prepared for the next cycle Um, a lot of the times when you have a last quarter moon you go through an internal existential crisis where some of the ideas that you had and some of the, the the karma that you've been working through you start to either lose interest in it or you have a change of heart or something like that and you start moving towards something else so look for that around saturday where you're like okay i've done the virgo season here i'm preparing for libra season I'm preparing for the fall. I'm preparing for um, being maybe uh, getting out of my own little apprentice world and sharing what I've done with other people. Um, and there's a number of aspects that are perfecting on this day Saturday also. And let's, let's talk about it a little bit because this is where we're going to be, um, you know, making some reconsiderations about how things have been going. So a couple things that we have right away. First of all, the moon is going to be making an opposition to Jupiter. Okay, so we have a little bit of a a conflict between, you know, the the ability to confirm and the uh, the impulse to destabilize or to, you know, reject. I, I don't know if it's reject is the the best word for it, but Jupiter in Sagittarius likes to stabilize things. The moon in Gemini likes to shake stuff up. Mercury likes to shake stuff up, destabilize things. So there may be a conflict between you trying to bring things together and bridge a gap and and separate things out into the different categories that Mars likes to do. I'm sorry, Mercury likes to do. Sorry. Um, we are also going to be experiencing a square from the moon to Neptune. This day is chock full of aspects. Okay, where the way that we're communicating. The way that we're trying to separate things out is running headlong into the the illusion. Okay, uh, the dissolving quality of Neptune and Pisces, the uh, intoxication that we may be experiencing. Um, going along with that, uh, we have the Moon making a square to Mars also that day in Virgo. So we're we're really revisiting this. We've got mutable grand square this day by whole sign okay so there's we're just being pulled in like a million different directions during saturday and this this weekend um the big aspect really i think of that day though is jupiter squaring neptune and we experienced this way back in january um and i think over the summer, we had another square at the retrograde. I don't remember the exact date of that, but I know when the last time when Jupiter was direct, squaring Neptune was around the 13th of January. And then Jupiter was at 16 degrees of Sagittarius around the 26th of January. And I'm going to tell you a little story, a uh, personal story, uh, that will help you illustrate what we might be experiencing here. At this Jupiter Neptune type of thing, so as you probably know if you 've been watching my videos, I have a, a a teenage daughter that does competitive swimming, and we 've been really getting into it lately and On the thirteenth of January, she had her first uh, what was called u s a swimming meet, which is kind of a it was kind of a big deal it was it was her first time swimming with much more competitive uh, girls and It was very kind of like, oh, okay. This is where future Olympians actually come and come up through the ranks. And I had started getting very like, oh wow, wouldn't it be cool if my daughter went to the Olympics someday? And um, there was Jupiterian symbols everywhere that day Uh, when I went to the meet. uh, There was a bald eagle sitting on a tree right outside the school that we were swimming at, like literally sitting like 25 feet away from the entrance to the pool in a tree. And it sat there for like literally four hours. And I know this because as we were going in, we saw the bird. As we were coming out, we saw the bird. And as we were leaving, the eagle took off and started flying alongside of our car in the same direction, which was pretty magical. It was a Jupiter-Neptune moment. And I was, I was like, I was feeling pretty patriotic that day, right? <laughs> you know, like I know that uh um if you talk to me I have you know I love I like America. There there it has its ups, ups and its downs and we're going through a really challenging time in our history right now, but uh you know, it's not all bad. And at that point I was I was like, yeah, Olympics, man. We're going to the Olympic games. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it may be, can you see the expansion, though, of the vision coming in contact with maybe the rose-colored glasses? And uh, who knows? I mean, I'm never going to say never, um, because I've seen a, a lot of progress in my lovely daughter's work ethic and all that she's doing. Um, but here's, here's an interesting synchronicity. The day that Jupiter squares Neptune again, almost at the exact same position, um, we're going to a skills camp uh, with, wait for it, Olympic medalist swimmers. So we went from going to a meet that where future Olympians go and and having a mixed experience. It was kind of a little bit overwhelming for a, a, new, a new swimmer. Um, like she wasn't like dominant or anything. She was still learning. And now we've kind of come to this next point where we're going to a skills clinic where she's she, put in a ton of work over the summer she really has a strong work ethic and now we're going to a skills clinic with olympic medalists where she gets to you know meet people who are doing that and uh, i think it's going to be a really interesting and fun experience so who knows this is the mystery of the planets right this is the how kind of the symbolism sort of of comes full circle especially when you have retrograde outer planets and they and they come back to a position that they were at earlier in the year, you'll see themes recur like that. And I just think there's just a lot of beauty in, in that kind of, uh, you know, just seeing those synchronicities come up in my own life. And hopefully you're paying attention and seeing those things come up in your life. So I want you to go look back around the middle of January and see where you may have been dreaming and pay attention on the 21st of September and see if, if some other omen is coming up within that dream. And maybe you'll get some insight as to what the next stage of that journey is going to be. Okay, um, just a few things with that—the grand idealism, you know, a, a, a giant vision. Uh, you know, using my own story, having a sort of a late bloomer swimmer who's come to it very a little bit later in her in her uh, childhood, uh, <laughs> going from that to like the Olympic dream is a big you know there's a big gap between that, not saying it it can't happen it could, but the the gap is large, right, and you could see that that kind of those 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 grand visions, those grand dreams where everything is big and like you know you're thinking about the the best possible outcome type of thing um so so keep your eyes on that and you know just be careful not to get too overwhelmed with it I think that one thing that I've learned with that, um, and I, I will give you this advice. As a fan of prof- a lot of professional sports, I, I, I guess I will come out of the closet as a pretty big sports junkie. I love sports. I played a lot of sports as a kid, and I um, really love watching basketball and football, and and now swimming and things like that. It's just I love the the competitiveness, the the detailed you know, the work that goes into it, the self-improvement, it's just super inspiring to me. And, and I will say, I love the Olympic Games. Love them. I love the spirit of nations coming together. I love seeing people at the very peaks of their professions, where they've put in so much work and, and everyone that's there has the culmination of, of a lifetime worth of dreaming and hard work. And I just think there's so much, I think that's just, Gorgeous, and I've always loved the Olympics since I was a little kid. I would just sit and just be enraptured by all those different uh, communities coming together for you know kind of a common purpose. And uh, I almost lost my train of thought just getting you know having Olympic memories. Oh, what I will say is, having the dream is important. Doing the daily work the step-by-step moving towards the dream is what you have to do though. You can't just be lost in the dream. And since we still have these Virgo placements here, there is still going, there's still work to do. There's still work to be done. Um, They say in professional sports, like a lot of times with football, they're like, oh, are you, are your team going to go to the Super Bowl or whatever? And the coach will more often than not say, I'm just worried about next week. I'm worried about." You know, like, for example, I like, I'm a big fan of the Green Bay Packers. I grew up in the border of Illinois and Wisconsin, and I just was obsessed with the Packers. It was like, Packers were like religion in Wisconsin, so you you can't blame me for sticking with them. Uh, but the coach says they were like, after their big victory against the Bears last week, they were like, oh, what does this mean for your team? He's like, I don't know. I'm I'm going to enjoy it for an evening, but then my my sole focus is the Minnesota Vikings next week right and that's that's how you have to think about it when you're trying to achieve some uh, something bigger is you've got to really be focused and in the moment with whatever stage that you're in with that particular dream uh, and that's been a real lesson uh, even for me as a parent like as a dreamer i've had to be learn patience and learn that this is something that my daughter's teaching me because she 's actually More practical than i am like she's like hey i need to do this step this step (laughs) chill out dad um but it's good that's why we have kids we're all learning from one another those relationships are teaching us things and hopefully crafting our character okay so that's jupiter neptune and hopefully in your life you'll have a story like that and can come to those realizations and hopefully my my sharing of my personal anecdotes will help you see some correlations within your own life Okay, moving on to Sunday. Let's look at Sunday. Let's clear this out here. Uh, as we move into Sunday, we have uh, the moon moving into Cancer where it gains dignity by domicile. And it's going to be making a sextile to Uranus at five degrees. So there's a supportive aspect between the moon and our you know, ability to bring in those new Promethean structures into our life. Um, But the big thing that we have at the end of the week, beyond a a square from the moon to Venus, is we have Mercury making, it's perfecting, it's square to Saturn. Okay. So, my last pep talk for the week here, and I'll try to be a little bit short with it since I've kind of been verbose with stories with the other Parts of our journey. Um, Mercury square Saturn can lead to a little bit of pessimism in our thinking. Anytime we have Mercury making a challenging contact to Saturn, we may feel a little bit depressed. We may feel a little bit down. We may, you know, f- see our ideas coming smack into uh, a, a brick wall, uh, a no, a challenge. Um, we may. For, with this particular placement of these two planets, uh, we may be experiencing a negotiation that starts to hit the the wall, so to speak. And I'm saying Mercury in Libra is trying to negotiate balance and fairness and justice, and it's going to run smack into the hierarchy, <laughs> the, the power that, of the plan um, of you know the, peop- the people in power, so to speak. Uh, the, the, our limitations. This is this is really important for Saturn. Saturn is, really shows us where our limits are, and when you have Mercury and Libra coming across Saturn and Capricorn by square, we may be f- finding the limitations of our of our ability to find a compromise, and that's going to be a little bit frustrating. Now, here is what I will say about this. Here is what I think my practical advice is. Both Venus and Mercury are in what's called the superior square to Saturn. That means that they are earlier in zodiacal order. See how it's going this way, in zodiacal order? So those two planets are in the position of power in this particular relationship. Now, Saturn is a little bit stronger than Mercury here, but Mercury is in the superior position. So what does that mean? It means, to me, it means that using our diplomacy, using our ability to see both sides and to really compromise is, I think, the way out of the conflict. You have to be willing to give up some of your fixed positions when it comes to like that earthy Saturn, like Capricorn. This is the plan. This is how it should be built. This is how it should be done. And incorporate someone else's ideas allow for someone else to to give you a good idea that you may not have come up with on your own and humble yourself enough to see why that is coming into play okay why are you get be get, being given this feedback and and how could you achieve more through partnership than you could just grinding away on your own i think that may be the lesson of some of these squares is how do we come and compromise in the grander scheme of things we may see issues related to justice social, social justice in particular um, coming smack into the the authoritarian you know system where we, so we may see some real conflicts with with people you know outcrying of of injustices and unfairness happening in the world and there's a reason that those stories are going to come out in the news though it's so that we can be aware of them as a collective consciousness and make the changes that we need to make the friction of the square helps you to make the changes we wouldn't make any changes if we were never uncomfortable okay i think that's really the lesson of the squares is the squares are like the the tire tread gripping the road that pushes you forward If you only had two things that were just smooth touching each other, okay, you'd never go anywhere. So because there's this roughness and this conflict and this, you know, this discord, this friction between the tire tread and the road, that's what gets you moving forward. I think that's how to look at these squares as we move on. Okay. So that's our week. A lot of aspects, a happier Saturn, hopefully, some compromises that need to be made. Looking ahead towards next week, um, the sun is going to be moving into Libra to join uh, Venus and Mercury. We're going to be experiencing the autumnal equinox where the nighttime and the daytime become equal in length and then the, uh, the nighttime starts to become longer so the sun will lose its stranglehold on, and, and its power and the sun is said to be in its fall in, in the sign of Libra um, a couple aspects we're going to see more of those squares between Libra planets and Capricorn planets with Venus and and Mercury going through this again uh, with with Pluto and and Saturn respectively um, and then a new moon a new moon in Libra uh, on on Saturday the 28th so that's what I've got for this week um, I appreciate you all uh, hanging out and <laughs> bearing with all of this sometimes, and hopefully you are finding value in it. Uh, please hit the like button at the bottom of the video. That helps, it, uh, the, helps the algorithm with, with YouTube and helps more people find it. Please share it with your friends if you can. Uh, and uh, I hope that you have a great week ahead, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care.